from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of the state. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures, Ice Miller, and Indiana University. City of Pride and Progress riding a wave of big growth. Greenwood's emerging downtown district. Millions of dollars going into innovation along the I-65 corridor. And what's next in the pipeline? I love it. From my head down to my legs. A throwback to the mid-90s when a dozen eggs cost less than a dollar. Now sticker shock in the dairy aisle. What's driving egg prices so high and when will they come down? And see how a Hamilton County-based company is expanding its pop prints in emergency pet care. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick coming to you this week from the Greenwood Fieldhouse. This is one of the, the newest gyms to open in the city of pride and progress. Johnson County's largest city undergoing really a historic transformation. A sleeping giant reinventing itself into a thriving live work play spot in central Indiana. From the $9 million spent to turn this former middle school into a downtown hotspot for recreation, to the Madison, right next door, an $83 million housing, restaurant, and retail project poised to serve as a major game changer for this city of 64,000. But that's not all. Greenwood seeing growth uh, along major north-south corridors as well. Hundreds of workers cranking out orders at three Amazon fulfillment centers along I-65. And Switzerland-based Indrasen Hauser has plans to invest $33 million to expand its campus along US-31. Also, community mainstays continue to serve as bedrocks here. The Greenwood Park Mall has been a staple in the community since 1966. And Indiana's second oldest brew pub, the Oaken Barrel, has called Greenwood home since opening almost 30 years ago. Well, this is Mayor Mark Myers' stomping grounds. The mayor uh, grew up uh, about four blocks from here, so you uh, certainly have a vested interest, not only as a mayor, but as a native of, of Greenwood, uh, to make this transformation successful. Mayor, as we were talking uh, off camera a moment ago, 2012 downtown vacancy, the vacancy rate here was at 75%. Yes, it was. It was. Um Really sad to see the downtown had, had diminished. Um, people had moved out, didn't want to be a part of it. And when I came into office, one of my first goals was to revitalize our downtown. And as you can see today, it's now 95% occupied. People are loving to be here. They're loving what's going on. Um, we did the field house uh, that we're sitting in right now and so many other things. Not everyone likes change, uh, no matter what it is. How did you deal with that? Any opposition or resistance to, to change? Uh, you know, there, there are those that don't like change, but the, the amazing thing that constantly surprises me is the amount of people that walk up to me, and especially those who have been here for 40 or 50 years, and they just look at me and say, man, I love what you're doing, keep it up. Yeah big project and really what kicked it off. We're sitting in it now, the Greenwood Fieldhouse, former middle, middle school, transformed $9 million project. Uh, you know, you, you go to Fort Wayne, uh, Parkview Field there is viewed as the spark for downtown development. Would you consider this fieldhouse, maybe is that spark for what's happened here? This, this is a big part of what happened here between this and our city center when we bought it. It was a, a bank tower that had been closed for seven years in a bankruptcy. 
we invested six million dollars into that to show the people that the city believes in downtown and we want to see it come back and then we were approached by the schools um, they wanted to sell this school because they'd outgrown it um, and we bought it we had a plan put that plan together and we're seeing that happen now residential uh, living living in essentially downtown Greenwood is a big part of this too yes. now you got some big projects going on right now why were you confident that people would would latch on to this uh, as we started revitalizing the downtown area with um, the city center itself and then we started redoing uh, Madison Avenue putting in actual walking paths bike paths rain gardens redoing the look and also helping the businesses with uh, facade enhancement grants. And we did a project called Grow Greenwood to help all the businesses on Main Street and Madison Avenue. Those businesses and residents started really exploding again with people moving in, revitalizing everything. And it just proved to us that people wanna be downtown. And the businesses uh, that we have now are just growing every day. You see the people wanting to be downtown, and we knew that if we added this project, the Madison, which is surrounding us, uh, the Madison will be 329 luxury apartments, plus 18 townhomes, and about 45 condominiums that are for sale product. Uh, we know people are gonna fill those up quickly. As you look at the economic impact, and I think the, you know from an economic standpoint, but also the ability to attract people, attract business yes. who, who might want to invest here. How, how do you calculate that? Uh, we look at the businesses that we currently have coming. And you know, 12 years ago, uh, when we came in office, we were begging to bring business into Greenwood. Now we're at a point where we can pick and choose who we want, what we want. This area here also has 16,000 square feet of commercial space that'll be for lease. And we'll be able to work with the, the, the owner to select just the right companies to come in and to continue to make Greenwood uh, a better place to live, work, and stay. And we'll look at uh, one of those companies making a major investment here in Greenwood a little bit later uh, in the show. Greenwood, uh, Mayor Mark Myers, thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. Well, one of the uh, big landmarks uh, here in Greenwood, no doubt, is the Greenwood Park Mall. Well, it opened as an outdoor mall in the 60s, Greenwood Shopping Center. And indeed, Simon Property Group bought the space in the late 70s. And in 1980, it reopened as Greenwood Park Mall. Today, it is the fourth largest mall in Indiana, home to nearly 150 stores and the destination for shopping on the south side of uh, Indianapolis, northern Johnson County. Well, to a big economic driver just east of the mall. Excited about the, the future for sure in Greenwood and the future for Anderson Hauser. Future's bright. Anderson Hauser already employing some 500 workers and now planning a $30 million plus expansion. We'll have details a bit later in the show. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. 
Well, similar to the urgent care clinics popular for people in our family, Fisher's-based VetCheck Pet Urgent Care Centers want to provide the same convenience for furry family members, not just in Indiana, but across the country. This is the health reporter Kylie Valletta is here with more. Kylie. Well, thank you, Mary Rachel. VetCheck has two locations on the north side of Indianapolis, a Bloomington clinic in the works, and is now looking to open 250 new centers. Dr. Siva Nalabodu says the clinics fill a need that every pet owner can relate to. Fluffy may have a small emergency outside of vet business hours, leaving the emergency hospital as the only option. The pet urgent care centers are open until 11 p.m. most days and have weekend hours. He says urgent care for pets is an underserved market across the country, leading him to sniff out franchisees for vet check. The company is planning five new locations this year with about 10 more in the works, mostly in the south and eastern parts of the U.S. Despite a national shortage of vets and technicians, Nalabodu says much of the problem is caused by burnout of employees in high-stress work environments. He believes the urgent care model gives vet specialists an alternative to still do what they love. When I'm going to work, you know, like I want to feel like I want to go and have fun. Uh, that's the culture we believe in. That's the culture we create at our hospitals. So, you know, like people come to work to have fun, you know, like at the, at the same time, take care of the pets. You want to be there. You belong to the community and you belong to the hospital. When you have that belongingness, you do amazing things. That is the culture we, we create at our vet checks. Boosted by a $50 million commitment, the 250 goal would include franchises or corporate-owned clinics throughout the U.S. Nalabodu says the Fishers and Carmel locations both have 35 to 40 percent profit margins and strong employee retention. The company is working to raise a total of $100 million to help open the new centers. Indianapolis-based Eli Lilly and Company says it hopes to make a treatment for rare blood cancer available in the coming weeks in the U.S. after receiving FDA approval. The FDA has approved Jperka, a treatment for adult patients with relapsed or refractory mantle cell lymphoma. The drug was approved under the FDA's accelerated approval pathway based on results from a phase 1-2 study. MCL is a rare blood cancer that starts in white blood cells in the lymph nodes for which there is no cure, according to Lilly. The disease affects about 1 in 200,000 people worldwide each year. Lilly received the rights to Jperka when it acquired Loxo Oncology for $8 billion in 2019. Thank you, Kylie. So the vet, the vet check center right. is going to be open till 11 p.m.? Yes, I mean, I feel like any That's person who's had a dog or a cat can relate to this. Yeah. They offer all sorts of services, though. If you're getting ready to board them and you realize your vet doesn't have any vaccines, you can take them there quickly and they can get their vaccines. He says they will do everything except critical emergencies. So small emergencies, they can handle. And does he think he's going to have enough to, to staff these? He does. There's a shortage of vet workers in the U.S. right now. And he says even after the pet COVID boom that made it even worse but he says the people who are working are just burnt out because there aren't enough clinics so he thinks by adding clinics more vet technicians veterinarians will stay in the industry because they're not so overworked because there's not enough clinics fascinating stuff kylie thank you time now to go inside innovation 
Indianapolis-based Elevate Ventures says 2022 set a new record for annual investments with 128 transactions in its annual report. The venture capital firm says the transactions totaled nearly $23 million in venture investments, development investments, and grants. The transactions helped the firm complete its sixth consecutive year as the most active VC firm in the Great Lakes region, according to global research firm PitchBook. CEO Christopher Day shared with Inside Indiana Business what we can expect for 2023 coming off a record year. We think we're going to have another record year. Uh, and, and I think a lot of one big reason that we think we're going to have another record breaking year is the momentum of Indiana as a whole. When we think about all of our industries cross sector, I have never seen the collaboration of cross sector and disparate stakeholders throughout the state of Indiana more um, intentionally coming together and trying to help each other than I've seen in the last probably several years. The annual report also said Elevate invested in its 500th Indiana startup in 2022. Since its founding in 2011, the firm has invested $152 million in over 500 startups throughout the state, which leveraged an additional $2 billion from private capital co-investors. One company in Elevate Ventures' portfolio, Evansville-based Heliponics, continuing to grow thanks to a nearly $1 million grant from the National Science Foundation, as well as $75,000 from Elevate. The Ag Bioscience startup says the funding will help it continue research and development efforts for its automated aeroponic appliance. The company was established six years ago by two undergraduate students in the Purdue Polytechnic Institute. A nearly $3 million grant from Lilly Endowment will help train more people in underserved populations to enter technology fields. The money will support Goodwill of Southern and Central Indiana's new collaboration with Per Scholars. It's a national organization that provides tuition-free technical training in high-growth areas. Per Scholars will be a partner with Goodwill and will operate in Goodwill's headquarters in Indianapolis. The first course to be offered is IT support beginning in March. Applications are due February 27th. The Business and Beyond podcast with Gary Dick is taking a breather, recharging for season three. Our conversations with Hoosiers making headlines during seasons one and two ran the gamut. From Indiana basketball legend Quinn Buckner's take on the state of hoops to how Fox 59 anchor Angela Gnote broke the story on controversial Dr. Donald Klein to getting a rare sit down with the next Indiana Pacers owner, Steve Simon. Not enough. How about the mom and daughter indie duo behind the TV hit Good Bones or the Dan Dockage story about Bob Knight in the nude or media personality Mimi Pierce taking off in a new direction as... Believe it or not, a flight attendant. I used to fly traffic twice a day, you know, for WFMS. I would do morning and afternoon rush hours in an airplane. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I love people. I love to fly. I love to travel. So maybe this is an option for me. Check out all 100 episodes of the Business and Beyond podcast at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Next, literally diving into what's got to do with the price of eggs, spiking costs at the grocery store and the impact on Indiana's robust egg farming community. And in this week's IBJ, carrying on a beloved soccer coach's legacy in Hamilton County. You won't want to miss the touching story behind Sogility's role in growing soccer in central Indiana. Here's what's making news around Indiana, brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors, Indiana's 21,000 realtors, the neighbors you know, the experts you can count on.
It's sticker shock in the poultry aisle at the grocery store. So why are egg prices so high and when will shoppers see some relief? Well, several factors playing into why it's costing $4 to buy a dozen eggs. Two big reasons, the avian bird flu and the increasing price of feed. Non-commercial Indiana egg producer Shannon Dawson says 10 cents a pound adds up when you're buying up to 500 pounds of chicken feed at a time. And she says buying organic eggs is really going to cost you as high as nine bucks a dozen. For eggs, in the American psyche, that's an incredible price increase. And for a lot of people, it's very hard to take. But there may be relief in sight for shoppers largely driven by big decreases in bird flu cases. We, we've lost about 40 million birds, which is about 10% of the total flock. Um, but right now in January, our flock is only down about 5%. Prices pretty much topped out around the end of December uh, and have been coming down relatively steadily since then. So hopefully shoppers will start to see some relief at the shelf here in the next few weeks and certainly months. Much more on egg prices from our online team at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. While also making news around Indiana. Rolling the dice on a new name for the next casino to open in the state. Churchill Downs is folding on the Queen in Terre Haute, banking on a new name for its $290 million casino. The Queen of Terre Haute is now simply known as Terre Haute Casino Resort. Churchill Downs making the change to streamline branding efforts. A new habitat for endangered birds and other animals in southern Indiana. The state chapter of the Nature Conservancy closing on its biggest land deal in 25 years, buying 1,700 acres near the Patoco River National Wildlife Refuge. The $650 million South Shoreline Double Track project on track. Construction work on all the rail project about half done and on course to open next summer. The city of Portage sits along the South Shoreline and officials there looking to create a maker space at the former U.S. Steel training facility. A new look for Fort Wayne skyline. A new sign now lighting up the top of Electric Works, the city's new mixed-use innovation district. And you better know the passcode to get into the Vault Indy. The bar a throwback to the era of speakeasies during Prohibition. The IBJ is reporting it's gaining a big following and its location in the Bates-Hendricks neighborhood. It's time now for Ion Education, a new partnership between Ivy Tech Community College and Guild, a career opportunity platform will benefit not only businesses, but also adult students. Guild provides employers with additional options for personal and professional growth. Guild matches higher education needs of employers and employees with predetermined programs offered through Ivy Tech's online platform. Many employers pay all or a portion of their employees' tuition and fees. Trine University is named who will replace President Earl Brooks when he steps down as president after 23 years at the university in Angola. John Shannon has been named the 17th president effective June 1 of this year. He currently serves as Trine provost and senior vice president. He came to Trine in 2007 after serving at the Defense Language Institute Foreign Language Center in California. When we come back, Gary rejoins us from Greenwood with a look at the city's business ties to Switzerland and how pushing innovation into Johnson County is taking it to a whole new level. Nominations are now being accepted for the 2023 Leadership in Law Awards. You can learn more and make your nominations at indianalawyer.com. 
And just a few days left to RSVP for IBJ's Technology Power Breakfast. RSVP or reserve a corporate table by February 9th at IBJ.com slash events. I am back in Greenwood at the Greenwood Fieldhouse. Uh, golf simulators, hitting bays, part of a $9 million renovation of a former middle school, creating the Greenwood Fieldhouse. Well, certainly investment in residential, retail, uh, and other downtown amenities, only part of the economic development story in Greenwood. The city also cashing in with one of its global economic partners, Swiss-based Indris and Hauser, planning to invest some $33 million into an innovation center next to its U.S. headquarters at the south end of Greenwood. It's an expansion that Indris and Hauser says will add nearly 150 high-paying jobs. Todd Lucy says it will also create an innovation center geared to younger residents to potentially lure them into the industry at some point. We started talking to educators to say, you know what, even the middle school and even elementary school. Uh, so one of the things that's going to be in our new building, we have in our existing building today, but it'll be much larger, is this innovation lab. Uh, so working with Purdue University and NMAC, uh, who've given us grants and sponsored some of that, we can attract even elementary school students, get them involved in in 3D printing and some robotics things and doing some programming of things. It's really cool to see the faces of those young kids get interested in, in this kind of work because uh, I think it spawns the kind of thing we're looking for, which is getting a diverse group of talent so we can look at uh, being even more creative, being more innovative. The earlier we can get kids involved in that, the wider the population set we can get attracted to our industry. I think the, the, the Greenwood community with what Anderson Hauser has done in this space is big for us. We've got employees already looking for homes down here, which is a big thing. Uh, where we're at on the west side, you know, it, this gives us a lot more space to, to grow. We're landlocked where we're at, so it doesn't quite work. And that area uh, just is not sufficient for where we need to be long term. So this will work out much better. What they're doing here locally with uh, the, the schools and, you know, they talk about the, the K through 12 piece is big for us to, to piggyback on. So it's a, it's a big thing to be down here with the Anderson Hauser family. Anderson Hauser says this will also be a net zero energy facility, one of the largest in the United States. Should also uh, note the company um, seems to like Greenwood just fine. This is its fourth expansion since opening here. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's edition of Inside Indiana Business from Greenwood. Thanks for joining us. We leave you with images of this Johnson County city. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.